0: In August of 1974, the question on everyone's mind was the body of the FBI snitch the sheriff's office pulled from the base of the Courtney Bridge and Holden put there by the Mafia. When you're poor in the country and nothing's in the budget, you can try your hardest, can't buy you justice. Wanna jump in the truck and go and grab the musket, that's what you call, buy you justice. Buy you justice, buy you justice. Who really knows the truth and can you really trust it? Buy you justice, buy you justice. You can try your hardest, can't buy you justice. Welcome everyone to the very first episode of Bayou Justice. My name is H.L. Arledge. I have been writing about true crime nearly 40 years now. And 2 years ago, I started a newspaper column called Bayou Justice. Its mission to ask the tough questions about cold case crime in South Louisiana. Why are these cases still open and who knows something about them? That's what we're here to talk about. What we'll do on the show is we'll revisit cases that we've already covered in the newspaper column and have been in the book by you, justice Every time I revisit these crimes, these stories, I update them, telling you the new information that I've learned from your tips, from calls that have come in and talking to different law enforcement officers and members of the family of victims, and sometimes even the uh, alleged perpetrators in some of these incidents. So this week we're going to start with the very first story in the Bayou Justice book. In the newspaper, I guess about a year and a half ago now, it ran under the heading Only Hoodlums Eat at High Ho. In the book it's simply called The High Ho Murder. The first corpse I ever saw belonged to a party barge captain named John George Traython. At nine years old, I watched eight Livingston Parish Sheriff's deputies pull Traython's body from a briar patch at the base of the Courtney Bridge in Holden, Louisiana. Bright sun, chilly air, I'm squinting, standing next to my mom and a few other nosy neighbors. According to the Associated Press, Traython's body was found by a swimmer Sunday, August 8th, 1973, shortly before noon behind a clump of bushes next to L.A. 1036, near a bridge over the Tickfall River. Authorities identified the body as John George Traython, 41 a party barge captain and professional sports angler from Miami Beach, Florida. Traythan was also a veteran of the Korean War and the United States Coast Guard. According to the paper, he was shot four times in the chest, side, leg, and chin. His rigor right hand still held a cigarette butt in between two fingers. Now, I didn't see the cigarette, but I did see the wool cap. It fell from the stretcher as the deputies pushed through the brush and lost their balance on the sandbar that day. Within days of the murder, the first of five men were arrested and put behind bars. Two weeks later, the Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office dropped all charges and released them. The following year, WAFB-TV invited my Cub Scout troop to Baton Rouge to appear on the Buckskin Bill television show. We arrived promptly that afternoon to bad news. Buckskin Bill Black had taken the day off. Then mother Joyce Hoover told us all about it. She said weatherman Sid Crocker would be our host. And that's what she thought. Three hours later, the Watergate hearings preempted the entire show. For three long hours, 23 third-graders raced around Channel 9 Studios while I watched the live feed from CBS. My troop complained loudly, but not me. The escapades of Bob Woodward, Carl Bernstein, they mesmerized me. And that day, I decided to become a news reporter. Ten years after the Courtney Bridge murder, I was a journalism major at Hammond's Southeastern Louisiana University. Lunching at the Hi Ho barbecue restaurant, I'm talking to Celeste Alexandra about John George Traython's last meal. For decades, until her death in 2002, Miss Celeste worked the counter at the Hi Ho on West Thomas Street without a cash register of any kind. The trait patrons today remember most about her is her near photographic memory. He sat right over there, she said that day, with those two mafia types. She told me the story in 1982, but she described it like it had happened that morning. He had pork with cheese. The other two, they had beef dressed, but the dead man, he had pork. Going to SLU, I ate lunch almost daily at High Hope. Their prices were a little bit lower than Mr. Cook's or anything else near the campus and much lower than Lee's Drive-In or the Tropic Cafe in downtown Hammond. Besides, everyone ate at High Hope and everyone loved to talk with Miss Celeste. Narcs coming through here say he was undercover, Miss Celeste told me that day. Some crazy drug thing, you watch. They won't catch him, not ever. Mark my word, somebody big covered up this whole thing. Shortly after Trayton's murder, meeting with police, Miss Celeste identified Leonard L. Curly Shipley, forty eight years old, of Kenner as one of the men eating barbecue beef that day. They booked him as a material witness, and after a few days of questioning, Sheriff Taff Faust in Livingston Parish charged Paul Wayne George, 27, of Shreveport, with the murder. Faust also charged three New Orleans residents, uh, Louis Matranga, Leonard B. Johnson, and Jesse A. Martin, all as accessories after the fact. With the help of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office discovered quickly what these men had in common. All had prior arrests for either armed robbery or transporting illegal drugs. Additionally, all worked at nightclubs controlled by a man named Carlos Marcello. The man FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover called New Orleans top hoodlum. Louis Matranga, once arrested with $36,000 in cash and a stolen safe in the backseat of his car, was having lunch at Marcello's Town and Country Motel when the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office busted in and arrested him. Louis Matranga was a descendant of Tony Matranga, the man credited with bringing the mafia to New Orleans in 1857. According to the encyclopedia, Tony's son, Charles Matranga, led the family from 1881 to 1922. Underboss Silvestro Silver Dollar Sam Carolla took over after that. The government deported him in 1944, leaving his underboss, Carlos Marcelo in charge. On August 22, 1974, The Acadiana Advocate reported an unidentified assailant shot Paul Wayne George, the man charged with John George Traython's murder. They shot him gangland style, the paper said. He was shot six times outside a night spot he owned, according to the Times-Picayune, on US 167 southwest of Lafayette at about 10.30 p.m. Lafayette Parish Sheriff Carlo Listi, said everyone knew George was involved in organized crime. But what about Shipley, the man Miss Celeste saw dining with Trayton? In 1997, former Hattiesburg, Mississippi Sheriff Leroy Hobbs, then serving time for attempting to bribe Louisiana Governor Edwin Edwards into pardoning convicted hitman Kirksey Nix Jr., identified Leonard Curley Shipley as the racketeering representative that paid him to approach Edwards in the first place. Next, by the way, was the hitman who killed New Orleans grocery magnate Frank Corso and the wife of Sheriff Buford Walking Tall Pusser. Nix also started a sex-for-sale business from within Angola State Penitentiary back in the 90s. But I guess those are stories for another week. On August 10, 1973, the Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office cleared Paul Wayne George, Leonard Curley Shipley, Louis Matranga, Leonard B. Johnson, and Jesse A. Martin of all charges related to the now unsolved death of John George Traython. Chief Deputy Odom Graves told reporters then that there was just not enough evidence to hold those men any longer. After all, there's no crime in eating a high ho barbecue sandwich. Unless, of course, you down it with anything but a beer or a thick bottled barks. Bayou Justice is a weekly true crime podcast and newspaper column featuring notable crime-related stories and focusing primarily on cold case files from South Louisiana. To support our work, please subscribe, like, and share. Or purchase the book. Bayou Justice Southeast Louisiana Cold Case Crimes is available wherever paperbacks and e-books are sold. Until next time, if you have information regarding an unsolved crime, please contact your local police agency, Crime Stoppers, or me, H.L. Arledge at Bayou Justice.